Good morning, church. Have you ever wanted something really bad? You wanted it, I mean, it in the worst way. But then when you got it, it really wasn't all that you were looking for. It wasn't all that. Really, it wasn't what you wanted. It was what you didn't want. Have you ever had that? The John text that we're in this morning has something like that in it, that the reaction to, to that sort of feeling. It's because it, the people always wanted something, but they hadn't really considered what it meant to do that. There's, there's this sort of discussion intersecting themes and stuff like that all throughout the Bible, but they do intersect here in the text that we're in. So let me read it and then I'll go through it. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't want to go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they said. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute somebody, the Jewish leaders replied. Then Pilate went back to his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought into him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. So you are a king, Pilate responded. Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, he's not guilty of any crime. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? And they shouted back, No, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary or a violent revolutionary. Anyway, here we go. Four really weird and odd statements that show the human side of what happens when you get what you ask for, what happens to your heart when you get what you ask for, but you hadn't considered it and, and it's different than what you thought it was? The first statement, this is it. His accusers didn't want to go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be able to celebrate Passover. We want to be ritually clean in the midst of betraying and killing somebody. It wouldn't look good if we did this. The optics aren't right. That's the first question, okay? 
What is your charge against this man? Really, in a lot of ways, that's a really good question from somebody that's been asked to put on trial. And their response, we wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal. We wouldn't have brought him here unless he was bad. It would be, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against him if he weren't what I didn't want. Right? That's the second statement. The first statement there is, it wouldn't look good if we do it. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have a good reason. That's the second statement. First statement, remember, it didn't look good. The second one, I wouldn't be doing it unless I had a good reason. Here's the third statement. Well, take him away and judge him by your own laws, Pilate said. Only Romans are permitted to execute somebody. So the third statement, we're not allowed to, so you should. Do it for us, right? We're not allowed to, so it doesn't look, it wouldn't look good if we got caught doing this. Um, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't have a good reason. And our reason is so good, but we're not allowed, so you should. These are four statements. And then the final one, do you want me to release this king of the Jews? But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas, the son of the father. I'm so mad that I'm going to make a really bad choice. It's the oppositional defiance. Um, this is what happens when you long for something, but you haven't really considered what it is and what it'll do, and then you get it and it isn't what you thought it was, but it is what it, what it was. And you react so negatively, you don't accept it. Pretty soon you're going to be in oppositional defiance. And you get there through these stages of, it wouldn't look good if I did it. I wouldn't be doing it unless I had a good reason. And I'm not allowed to, but somebody else should. There's a bunch of texts that, that we need to get into to sort of understand what's going on and why I would call this intersectional, why this is an intersection of stuff. The Samson story comes really closely to mind. Many of you know the story of Samson, that uh, he, he, uh, he was captured by the Philistines after sort of um, toying with, with Delilah about what would what is the source of his power and and you know the story i mean what's the source of your power well if you do this then i'll be powerless and then that night she did it <laughs> and the philistines come in to capture him and and he breaks the bonds and he's not powerless and the second then the next time something happens she goes well you kind of lied to me and i just want to know the secret and so he tells a lie again that's very close to the truth. It's closer to the truth. She does it. Now, at this point, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> Samson's in, in a lot of trouble because he's sort of, he sort of thinks of himself as immortal and untouchable, right? He's the leader and all this stuff. And I don't know why he believes that. But anyway, the third time around, she pouts and everything. And he finally tells her and she does it and he's captured. Um, 
But before then, um, Samson had kind of had a rocky time. I'm talking about out of Judges 15, about verses 12. Um, the Philistines are super mad, and they come to the leaders of Judah, and and they've come with three thousand with a bunch of men, and 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 they say, "Why have you come to fight us?" In verse ten, we have come to take Samson prisoner. They answered, "To do to him as he did to us." Then three thousand men from Judah went down to the cave at the rock of Adam, and said to Samson. Don't you realize the Philistines are our rulers over us? What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. Look, it comes around, it goes around. This is one of these things. He didn't merely do to them what they had done to him. They took his wife and he burned thousands of fields. <laughs> they said to him, we've come to tie you up and hand you over to our enemies. Swear to me you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him by up from the rock. And as he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting, Look, the parallels of the Jewish people taking their own leader and turning them over to a foreign power who's ruling over them just cannot be ignored here. It also can't be ignored that when Samson dies, the epitaph of his death is that he was um, more effective for his people in his death than he was through his life, where he killed more Philistines, right? He, he produced more freedom for them. But, but as he was just about to do that, he was being mocked before he died and all that stuff. So there's that little context of the Samson story about Jesus. There's the, the Samuel story out of 1 Samuel 8. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel, Joel and Abijah. His oldest sons held court in Beersheba, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money and they accepted bribes and perverted justice. Look, Samuel's reputation was literally that every word that came out of his mouth, of all the words that came out of his mouth, none of them hit the ground, right? None of them were worthless. There's another parallel for Jesus, I think, in there. But his sons, this is Samuel's sons, were not like him. And finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah and to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you're old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Look, don't, don't they know that they're mad that Samuel's kids are not like him, but they want a king like the other nations have, and the king, even if you make a perfect choice, which, by the way, Saul was not a perfect choice, but their sons might not be them. They're essentially asking for what they already have, only harder. And, the, and so Samuel was displeased with the request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, they, they ask you to do. 
um, the Lord replied, for they're not rejecting you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned and followed other gods, and now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. Look. This is really a big deal. What happens with kingships that kingdoms that are run by hereditary rules, right? There's a significant difference between uh, God as king because he doesn't die. And so you get him. But if you don't like the way you perceive him or understand him, then you're going to be continually unhappy. But if you have a human doing this, then you know the the children that rule in in the in the leader's place is kind of a crapshoot if you will for what you're going to get and then right as we sort of put all this stuff in the blender we're going to keep putting this stuff in the blender there's the parable that Bev read this morning from Luke 19 that there's this man who is about to go become go to a foreign land and be named king. This is Jesus telling a story. But beforehand, before he went, he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Conduct business with this until he returned, he said. But his subjects hated him, and they sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to rule over us. By the way, it's not that far to go back in and get the Gideon story either because they came to make him king, but he said, no, king, God will be your king. And when he, we don't want this man to be king over us, but when he returned from procuring his kingship, he summoned the servants to whom he'd given the money to find out. Do you see, we don't want this man to rule over us in the trial of Jesus. We're going to keep going back to that. No, not him. We want Barabbas. Bar-Abbas, the son of the father. Bar-son, Abbas' father. What are we like? How do we make these decisions? Remember, it wouldn't look good if I did it. I wouldn't be against them unless I had a good reason. We're not allowed to, so you should. And I'm so mad I'm going to make a really bad choice. How is it that we, as Human beings go through this cycle over and over and over again. We start wishing for something bad to happen to somebody, but we don't want to do it. We just like somebody else to do it. Right? These are bad choices. Today, I'd like you to be aware, to take a moment um, this afternoon and just sort of look at your life and see if you have this pattern. Are you somewhere in this cycle with something going on? I, uh, 
are you in the cycle of, I'd really like to do this, but it wouldn't look good if I did it, so I'm not gonna, right? So, so how it looks is the only barrier between you doing it. I wouldn't be against this thing or this person if, unless I had a really good reason. Look, we can all come up with really good reasons. And I'm not allowed to. I'm not able. I'm not allowed to. I really wish somebody else would do this evil thing that's going on so that I wouldn't be doing this. And then somewhere into this oppositional defiance, that somewhere in this cycle, are you somewhere in this cycle? Because all of the cycle is part of we don't want God to be our king. All of the cycle cycle really is, I want to be my own king, and I want my rights, I want to do what I want, and I want to be the judge, the arbiter of good and evil in my life, the judge of what's right and wrong in my life, the ability to see and know and, and, do, and make my own choices and, and get away scot-free. But today, if you're in this cycle, I'd like you to actively um, opt out of it, if, if it'd be all right. I'd like you to actively opt out of it as we watch other people going through this mistake. I think it's one of those things we can do really readily if we were ready to do it, we could let somebody else make a mistake and then we wouldn't have to make it for ourselves. We could look at the text and go, oh, that was really bad. But God, if we could opt in to God being our king through Jesus, who is God, that we want this man to be king over us. is to be out and actively outside of the oppositional defiance cycle of see let's if if I could get away with it I would I'm I wouldn't be against it but I got a good reason and even if I'm not allowed to I wish somebody else would and then I'm going to make a really bad choice even though I see it coming and we do this with a very simple sort of prayer and the very simple prayer goes something like this. Lord God, I ask you to be in charge of everything in my life. And Lord, whatever you have for me, build in my heart the desire to have it. Conversely, Lord Help me not desire after things that you don't have for me. The prayer is this, Lord. Build in my heart a desire to have everything you have for me and a desire in my heart to not have anything that you don't have for me. Will you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, I specifically lift up this congregation. I specifically lift up our our hearts and our leadership 
that we would actively make you our king. That in our lives, Lord, we would literally say, I want every single thing you have for me. I, I don't want anything you don't have for me. If I'm in the cycle of oppositional defiance where I'm actively choosing somebody else's king or myself as king or to act against your kingship in rebellion that way, Lord, move in us that, that you would point that out so that we could seek your face and not make an intentionally bad choice. That we would not be in that position, Lord Jesus. Lord God. Thank you, God. Amen.